Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Hello, and welcome to the Become Fire podcast with your host, Father Peter Teresa, joined by my dear brothers in religion and my good, good friends, Father Anthony Tinker. That's me. And Brother Paul Grutman. This is me. Yeah. I think you said it like, it's me. So I added something different so that it would still be distinct. No. We tried to it's me! <laughs> <laughs> you sounded like Mario there. It's a me! It's a me! I have a very easily Italianized uh, name, so. Listen, Polly G. Polly G. <laughs> right. I was like, Paolo? You're like, no, no. Polly like, G is not really Italian at all. Come no, on, no, the first, no. the, the religious but Polly thing, G, for Polly sure. G. You're always welcome on the Italian team. We are, we are glad to have wow. you. And I love pasta, so I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It is good to be back with all of you. Thank you for joining us on our uh, Become Fire podcast Advent series. Uh, we are lighting our way through Advent. Our Advent wreaths are becoming fire as we light candles Ooh. one by That's one. That's our catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> Everything will become fire. Uh, and so, of the amen. Sing amen. it for us, Father. So last week, we talked about the first Advent candle. And as we were talking about that, we realized uh, we don't quite know as well as we thought we did the history of the Advent wreath. And so we came ready and rearing to go for this episode. And it's I, hilarious. We're like started and we're like, you're like history. We did this podcast because we don't prep too much. And you're like, how about that history? And I'm like, uh, the first one's hope. <laughs> the second one's yeah. peace. Like, <laughs> I don't remember going that way, but I don't doubt That's you. That's how I feel. That's how I felt inside. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, but we're ready this time. Yeah, we are ready. We have come prepared for the Advent wreath. Well, with Google at our fingertips, <laughs> we can do anything. Exactly. <laughs> well, so it's interesting because we like to Christianize pagan things. And so the Advent wreath continues the Christian tradition of taking pagan things Let's and do it. baptizing them. Let's so do it. the Advent wreath was a symbol mostly from the Germanic pagan tribes. And so there's the Grotman. We're going to get our German, mm. our German. Paul and I have the German side. So we're going to take the German side of the, the <sighs> I don't have any of that in me. And, uh, and basically the Germanic tribes, they would make a circle uh, of, of wreaths around this time. It was really dark. And so it was this light um, and it was a circle because it was, you know, you know, the 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 wheel of the earth. Mm. Look back to the sun. We're waiting for the sun to lengthen our days again, and we're getting certainly getting pagan. ready for this. We're we're praying, praying God will not keep the days short. He'll bring the lights back, the gods. Amen. And um, and so the Christians were like, um, let's baptize this let's because Jesus is the light of the world. Amen. And this is, you know, Christmas being um on the shortest day of the year typically um we are going to talk about how he is the light of the world coming into the midst of the darkness and so they take this symbol and they use actually a circle um because um the lord is eternal like eternal um his light never ends and they use evergreens because his light always shines Mm. so it's important that reeds are traditionally reeds are evergreens and they are a circle for these reasons and then the candles would be 
Um, yeah, not plastic. <laughs> but plastic will also never go away. <laughs> <laughs> plastic. Uh, plastic. It's always ever green. green. It's always green when true. it is plastic. This so, is true. Um, <laughs> we have plastic in our house, so and I apologize. We're getting some real ones as well, so we have a both and. Anyway, um, but we have these candles um, that symbolize, and they're, they're, there's three that are purple, the sign of penance, a typical sign, and then the one that pink, it's halfway through, you're halfway through the Advent season. There's really short Advent. It's like, <laughs> I know. Hey, if Advent's been going too long, pink's there to remind mm-hmm. you it's almost over. <laughs> yes. And with pink lights, you have about a week. So um, that's a little bit of the history of how we got the Advent wreath going in our Catholic church. It's interesting that the Christmas tree also comes out of Germany. The pagan Germany. Yeah, so it's just it's just interesting that two like very Christmas things got taken up by the Universal Church. Yeah, that is interesting. I guess it's really cold and dark and sad there. Yeah, or <laughs> yeah, that's why I need Christmas, dude. Like in my heart, it's cold and dark and sad, yeah, and that's why Christmas comes yeah, and brings joy. Yeah. So the German people have recognized the need for Christmas joy. Praise God. Thank Something you. good came out of Germany. Thank you, Germans. And for German chocolate cake and for Advent wreaths. And for all those who have German heritage. Yes. And good beer. And good beer. And good beer. Many, many good things out of Germany. I don't I don't want to take I don't want to take any too many shots at our, our dear German brothers, especially because I'm sitting next Since to you. Since you have German heritage. So. Well, thank you, Father. And so last episode we talked about the first candle, which represented hope. And this second candle represents peace. And so, Brother Paul, would you please give us a a definition of, of peace? What, what do we mean by peace as, as Christians? So once again, we're going to d- make the distinction between uh, what would kind of be like how we would colloquially use the term peace, meaning like an everyday parlance, which would be like free of conflict. So a nation's at peace when it's not at war and, and such like that. But when we talk about it kind of in a theological context, in a spiritual context, we could say that it's the ordering of human nature according to the eternal law of God, or like to say like being like in a right relationship with God, like with Jesus is fundamentally how the human person then comes to be at peace. So uh, very similar to like our word harmony. Yeah. Where things are like rightly ordered and working mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. In, a, in, in, the, in the manner and the fashion yes. in which they've created yes. to be. Oh, praise God. So... Uh, we're going to just dive right into another Old Testament prophecy to uh, hopefully illuminate this this candle with with light because it is a candle. And so last time we uh, talked about Isaiah and his prophecy of, of hope. And so today I want to quote uh, for all of you. This is Isaiah chapter 9, and this is verse 6, although... Uh, these first couple verses of Isaiah are beautiful. Uh, just in verse two, we have, uh, you know, the people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness on them, a light has shone. Uh, and then if we jump ahead a couple verses, then we get to, to, to verse six. And this says, for to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So obviously these are uh, prophecies that we hear in Advent. They're very, very familiar to us. The people who have walked in great darkness have seen a great light. 
Uh, and then this prophecy, for to us a child is born. Um, and then Isaiah tells us some of the titles of this child. And the one that we probably want to focus on today is, is the Prince of Peace. Um, and so, Father Anthony, what um, what do you think of or what do you make of or what you know comes to mind or our heart when thinking of this child who is born to us named uh, Prince of Peace? Um, so the second candle of the Advent wreath is also called the Bethlehem candle. Mm. Um, and we particularly reflect upon Joseph and Mary in their journey to Bethlehem. So we've talked about the prophets last week. Um, and spoiler, we're going to talk about the, the shepherds and the angels, you know, and we talk about, they, they have a symbolism of virtue as well as a people and particularly the, the, the journey of Mary and Joseph. And I, I find it so beautiful that as we reflect upon Mary and Joseph, we reflect upon peace as, as brother Paul talked about in this beautiful prophecy of he is the prince of peace, because I think it's so beautiful that Mary and Joseph show forth and manifest peace in the midst of which could have been a very distressing situation. At first, it's it's like Thanksgiving weekend on steroids <laughs> at this time in Israel. Like everybody's yep. traveling because basically they said, we're going to do a census. You have to go back to your hometown, your home village. So Joseph... Uh, his family is from Bethlehem. He's like, all right, I gotta go. If, just imagine, everybody has to go back to about the Germans, the Italians. Like, everybody yeah. has to go back to their home, like uh, place of origin. You know, it's it's like, oh boy, like okay. And so everybody's traveling. And just in the U.S., it doesn't matter. Everybody had to go back to wherever they were born. Like, mm. there'd be a lot. Like, planes would be full. So everybody's traveling to get to where they need to be. So the roads are packed. The inns are full. It's a difficult time. And they they know Mary's very pregnant mm. and about to give birth, and they're on their way. Uh, to Bethlehem. And when they get there, it's very distressing and they can't find room in the inn. They end up in a manger and all these things. And yet in the midst of that, the light of the world comes into the world, Jesus Mm. Christ himself. And it's a very peaceful occurrence that Mary's at peace, that at the end of the day, we would say Joseph is at peace. Um, I probably um, in a piece of his heart, like I said, peace is not the absence of war. He's probably very much knocking on doors to get uh, you know, a place for Mary, but at the end of the day, his heart is at peace in the midst of it. And so this this beautiful aspect of in our in the busyness of Advent, I think we feel the same way in this like this is a really busy time of yeah. year. There's so many things going on. We're so distressed and we have parties and we have, you know, a gatherings and we have a holiday of obligation, you know, mm-hmm. immaculate conception and just our routines are kind of thrown off and kids are getting out of school. And there's all this stuff going on. We're traveling and getting Christmas ready and credit presents. And in the midst of it all, Jesus says, I am the Prince of Peace. I come to bring peace in this situation. It's so beautiful that, like Mary and Joseph, in the midst of all that, you know, travel and figuring it out and getting to Bethlehem with a pregnant wife, um, mm. that the Lord kept them at peace, that the Lord and whatever we're going through right now, we can imitate Mary and Joseph and be at peace. This peace that's it's not the absence of conflict. It doesn't mean like mm. all the things don't go on, but it means that in the middle of them, those family parties that kind of maybe drive us nuts, those obligations that are a little bit hard for us, that we our hearts can stay at peace if we connect ourselves and we enter into he who is peace itself. Well, that's a great point. Um, and just to kind of reemphasize that too, that that you're like, we're always pretty much going to have conflict this side of the veil. Like whether it's like you're conflicted internally or there's there's tension with family members or whatever it is. But to recognize that, like, the peace we're talking about, like, it, it comes from Christ. And so it's a peace of, like, resting in him. And so it's kind of the similar to, like, the Storms podcast you guys mm. were doing that, that you can still be at peace in the midst of the storm, that Jesus can be sleeping in the boat and you can just sleep with him. Um, and so that means that, like, there can be chaos around you. But with the Lord, you can be at peace in those situations. 
And then I also think it's important to, to focus on the fact too that, so when we talk about peace as like the right, like the ordering or the harmony, that like that harmony was lost. Mm. That like at the fall, and it was impossible for man to like restore peace with God. And because like we're made for God, we long for God, that there will always be that tension. And so there, so like, and that's why the, the second candle advent, that like, that like the Lord, it becomes incarnate so that peace can be reestablished between God and man. That the, the fundamental, the, the insurpassable chasm that was opened up between us can actually be bridged by Christ who becomes like shares in us in all things except sin so that we can then rest in peace. And, and like no one else, like, and it's also one of those things that like, really reflect upon that, like that peace of like being in relationship with the Lord of like the certitude, like the, 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 not the certitude, the, uh, I can't think of it. Like the comfort, the, the, the that you experience in that, uh, it's only possible through Christ and that no one, like they didn't have that for thousands of years. Yeah. Like maybe the prophets in like a mysterious way, but I don't even know really what it means that the prophets had the spirit of God without baptism. You know, there's a kind of categories that the Lord seems to be like playing with. Yeah. And so like, it's so important that he became incarnate that we can then like receive that peace. Amen. Amen. Um, so what's beautiful about this time of year is Christmas carols. Hmm. And oftentimes we get so, we like the Christmas carols and we just like the boot. We don't always think about the words. One of my favorite Christmas carols is A Holy Night. And and what Brother Paul was saying just reminded me of A Holy Night because it, it's so beautiful, these words. You know, it's like, um, Long lay the world in sin and air pining. It's so beautiful. Till he appears and the soul felt it's worth. Hmm. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Um, that That in the midst of all the lack of peace. Our sin is what takes away peace. Yeah. It's, 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 it, that's what takes away our peace. Our sin and the sin of other people. At the end of the day, when I say, where, why have I done not lack peace? It's because of sin. Either because I've sinned, usually, so we got to examine our own hearts, and then uh, because other people have sinned and the effect of their sins is taking away my peace. Um, and, it, and, and so in the midst of sin, the light of the world comes in. And how beautiful it is that in this Christmas time, it's a great time to get peace again and go to confession, go to confession, yes. go to confession. You want yes. peace in your life? Go to confession. So we can find peace and recognize that in the midst of the things that take away peace, sin, the one who frees us from sin comes into the world and comes to free us from the distress caused by sin, then we can live at peace even in the midst of the storm, even in the midst of sin around us. We can't always stop sin around us, but we can be at peace in the midst of sin around us. No, I mean, I was thinking about that too, about confession. And how this is just a great time to go to the sacrament, uh, a great time to 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 just go and have your sins forgiven, you know. Um, and I don't know, you know, our listeners, if you haven't visited the sacrament in a couple of weeks or a couple of months, but to really just to give yourself that time, to give yourself that opportunity to just go and have your sins forgiven. And then you can begin to then experience that harmony within your soul again. Uh, you, that 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 rightly ordering of your of your heart and your soul, just experience the the love and, and and the mercy of God who who alone can can bring peace and then and then we can be at peace with ourselves knowing that you know because we we all just have in the back of our mind and the ways in which we we've fallen short we've lost our temper we haven't been kind to this person or our, our spouse or our children or, or those that we work with and 
And, you know, because we're so busy, we're not our best selves and we can kind of feel guilty about that. But then just to experience God's forgiveness, God's love, God's mercy, so that we can just be at peace with God, be at peace with ourselves, and then we can just be at peace with our environment and, and those that we live and work with. And to recognize, too, that the Lord wants to give you this peace, that it's not like he's not pointing his finger at you and like, yeah, get your act together. But mm. it is one of those things where it really is an invitation where to like like sin is it's like a disease it's like a wound it's a cancer that courses in our bodies and like the lord wants to heal you so it's the sacrament of healing and one thing i would encourage you too is that uh just to go to, to be a, like just don't hold anything back when you go to hmm. confession um and like and don't try to like sometimes it's a tendency to like water it down and be like I don't know. I, mean, I can't think of an example. Or justify it. Like, or justify Well, it. you know, everybody else is having another beer. Yeah, that's so, right. That's right. That's know. right. That's right. Just like, just own up to it. But like, but like in a beautiful way. So I know for me, for me personally, that I, 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 I'm not good at being vulnerable at all, <laughs> let alone going to a man that I don't know. I mean, like, here's all the terrible things that I did. Yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty hard for me to be completely honest. So one thing that I know that's helpful for me when I go to confession is I write it down and I write it out. And like having the time and like praying with it beforehand. And like I can write it down in the most brutal way possible. And then I can just read off my list, like all of the things. And like it keeps me from like from obfuscating into like something mm -hmm. else or maybe not saying this or that. Um, and, and every time I don't, I don't want to do it every time. Um, but every time that I do it, like there is just this really like sense of relief. Um, and especially when like we do have the certitude of the sacraments that that when you hear the priest say, I absolve you, that it is Christ himself. He's forgiving your sins. And then truly like the peace that does come with that, like you do feel at peace after confession. Kind of what I'm hearing in my head is someone say, uh, okay, Father, like you're talking about how sins weren't at peace. Well, no, it's actually because I've got to get my kids to soccer practice yeah. and I have you know, to cook the turkey and I have to do this. And if you realized how much I had going on in my life, you, you wouldn't have peace either. And, and I would just point to that um, at the end of the day, like this is sin. And in a, in, not necessarily that you're directly sin, that you might be, but two things. One, sloth is not not doing anything. Sloth is when you're not doing what God wants you to do. Mm -hmm. So the question is, are you in God's will? Um, and these these things that you're doing, all these things, or not? And then number two, um, are you uh, giving God time in the midst of your life, in the midst of all these things? Are you try trying to do it all yourself? Are you trying to be Superman, trying to be Superwoman, trying to, to take all the burdens on your shoulders and think, well, I have to carry this load. I have to carry this cross. And, and as Brother Paul was saying, like, um, Sin can be hard. It can be hard to face ourselves. We realize, like, oftentimes pride is what, what sits down at the root of it. Of, of when you're prideful and you think, I have to do it, that's saying, I don't need a savior. I think these are all the things I have to accomplish. You're saying is, well, I'm not going to humble myself. And, and St. Francis would tell us that, uh, or St. Bonner tells about St. Francis, that he meditated upon two things all the time. Mm. The humility of the incarnation and the charity of the passion. That this really is a time for humility. That when we think about the birth of Jesus, we think about Mary, we think about Joseph, Think about the baby, the babe of Bethlehem, as mm -hmm. Francis would say. We think about humility. And this call, so sometimes we're taking away, peace is taken away because of our own pride. That's what actually stands in the way. And sometimes it's hard to go to confession. Like, and pride is like, a, yes. I don't want to talk about my sins, you know? Well, I'm a priest. I'm a religious. Like, <laughs> and yet I still sin. Uh, but just to humble ourselves in this, this season and say, okay, I've got to come. Uh, I need mercy. And I've got to humble myself and let go of my pride. And that's where peace can come. 
we, we began the podcast by talking about how as Catholics, we like to baptize pagan things. And so we baptize the, the Advent wreath. And, and I think it's important to recognize that while I don't know what the stats are of people in America who profess belief in Jesus Christ and identify as Christians, but we live in a modern, secular, and essentially pagan society and culture. Um, and that that the world, or society rather, is not really constructed in such a way for a Christian to flourish. And so uh, the... We're not we're not living in in a society or culture that is like ordered to bring peace to you, and 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 our lives are are out of order, um, and we don't have that harmony within our days, and so we feel really busy, we feel really out of sorts, we feel anxious because of it, and I think it was brothers, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was Francis de Sales says that if you're too busy for a holy hour, then you should be making two holy hours. I think it was Francis de Sales. One of the saints said that. And and that logic is so contrary to to what we think. You know, if I'm if I'm too busy to pray one hour, you know, then I should just strive for for 30 minutes, you know, or some whatever I can manage. But but the saints would tell us, you know, if you're too busy to pray for an hour, then you actually need to be making more time for prayer because you need it, because you are so busy and, and how that's going to bring you away from God and and bring uh discord to your soul and a lack of harmony, a lack of peace. And so I think just, just to encourage people to really just give them permission to just give yourself time this Advent season, that, that you're going to have a lot of obligations, a lot of things you want to do, Christmas shopping, cooking, um, work, parties, and things like that. And, and, and to recognize that we can't do everything and it's okay to, to step away from some things and, and to give ourselves time to, to just be settled, time to to be with God in this in this Advent season, to to really pray, to meditate with these scriptures, to be with Mary, to be with Joseph, to to just listen to Christmas songs and hymns and and and, and whatever it is that, that how how we're going to pray, but but just to recognize that um, that life is not ordered to give you peace, and you you're going to have to fight for it. You're going to have to make space for it. You're going to have to really. Um, say no to some thing so that you can say yes to God and, and have this peace that he so desperately wants to give us. I mean, it's the word for this season, no. <laughs> no. Yes, no. I mean, he's, Bishop Olmstead, when he was Bishop of the Diocese of Phoenix, mm-hmm. as well as being administrator of the eparchy of Phoenix, which was in the middle of chaos. Which means he's, he basically has two bishop jobs. He's yeah, running yeah, yeah. two dioceses at the same time. Yeah. Um, and he still did a holy hour every day. He did his mass. He did his hours. He still hiked regularly, exercised. Like, the only way you can do that is, one, you make it the priority, mm-hmm. that this is the most important thing. And two, you say no. Yeah. Like you have, to, you have to recognize, okay, there's things I can't do. And sorry to the kids. And, so, and, I, and I was actually uh, um, trying to get a CT scan the other day. And I had an Ethiopian who was working on me, and I've been to Ethiopia. So I was like, is that what I was getting and talking to him about Ethiopia? And um, one thing I talked, about, I, I mentioned, he's like, "What's the?" I was like, "What?" He asked me, "What do you think about Ethiopia?" I said, "The people were so joyful." Mm. And he was like, "Yeah." I was like, "They were so poor. They had nothing." Like I went into houses. They invited us over where everybody's living in basically one room, 
and nobody has your personal stuff. You're not personal. Not only do you have, not have any personal space with the whole family living in one room, like the not just the, like one bedroom, like just one room is is the house with the living room. Everything is in this one room, this one space. You have no personal space. You have no personal stuff. And yet the people were so joyful. Mm. They were so happy. They were always having people over and going outside and playing and everything. The kids were just joyful to be alive. And and we lose track of that. And oftentimes we just go, and it's often times because we have all this stuff, we've accumulated all these things and all these things. I mean, yes, yes, yes. I have to do all this stuff. I have the obligations. And I think it's just a reminder to us, no, mm-hmm. like to let go of the things that we need to be let go of so that we can say yes to the most important things. And to take it back to the Holy Family too and all of that, yeah. that like, it's even like Joseph, like Joseph never would have lost his peace. And it's to your point and, and he kind of dropped everything. So I'm sure there were a lot of things that Joseph said no to. Um, like he had a business that he was running and all of these things. And even the marriage with Mary that he thought might have been different. Who, like, And all of a sudden she's pregnant with God's child. Like there's a lot of curveballs that are being thrown at Joseph. And he's still able to say yes to it and be at peace. And then one thing that's really beautiful with that too is not only is he at peace, but he's also able to make decisions and out of a place of peace where he can lead the like our lady to Bethlehem that I'm sure he's the one knocking on doors and even like getting denied, like throughout the night of like going to these different places and people turning them away. Like I like to imagine that that St. Joseph isn't like getting frustrated. Like, I don't know what we're going to do, Mary. Like, What's going on now? Like, he's like, no, like the Lord, the Lord will take care of it. Like mm-hmm. this is his son. Um, he's going to provide a place for us that to have this child um, that he would have just remained calm and still like, and I want to, like and even in the midst of those that he's not gonna it's not a type of piece where he becomes passive Mm -hmm. where he's able to still act out of it and that to say that that that's an invitation for all of us that that we can all have that and experience that i I think just to re-echo i don't think re-echo is the word just to echo uh what you had said earlier in the podcast that that peace is not the absence of conflict. Yeah. That peace is not the absence of war. And that for ourselves, that peace is not the absence of stress. That peace is not the absence of, of even anxiety. That, that we can have stressors on our life, things going on. Yep. We can be feeling, uh, you know, uh, afraid about this, worried about that, but but still have peace that it's not that that Joseph wasn't concerned or worried or even stressed out about like, I can't find a place for us to stay right now. Like I've, I've knocked on every door and we have struck out, you know, I'm mm-hmm. sure he felt mm-hmm. like, uh, some, some, maybe some anxiety, some worry there, but, but he still would have had peace, uh, in, even in the midst of that and, and traveling with our lady. And so that, that that's a very mysterious thing. It's a very mysterious reality. And that is, um, you know, what St. Paul talks about, that this is um, the peace that surpasses understanding, Yeah, um, that it doesn't make sense to, to human terms, to, to human experience or, or human logic, but, but it is the, the, the peace that only God can give. Well, thank you, brothers. Uh, thank you for your reflections on peace and your thoughts. Uh, this has been very edifying for, for me personally and convicting for me and, 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 and inviting me to live 
a more peaceful existence. And hopefully that is borne out in my living with all of you in these next two weeks, <laughs> that I'm a more peaceful brother to, to be I'll around. I'll make sure to add the conflict so you can find <laughs> peace. Yeah, we want to make you test it. Gotta, yes, yeah. amen. No. Gold is testing the fire. That's so. why I have chosen this life, so that <laughs> brothers might try me by fire. Amen. Thank you. Uh, and so it's time for our question. And I'm not entirely you're sure. Up. It's my turn. Okay, so I'll yes. let someone fire the question at me. Okay, Father. So you're having your dinner or coffee, you know, and you have chosen your saints, Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Um, she is the deceased <clears throat> mm-hmm. member who um, is a saint. You have your historical person, J.R.R. Tolkien. That's right. You mentioned that the person who is currently living, who you'd be having uh, dinner with was uh, Bishop Olmsted. No, that was Brother Paul. Uh, forgive me. You, the person. I chose Coach K. You were, well, yes, thank you. You guys much. chose holy people and I chose Coach a basketball K. That's coach. right. We talked about Duke. <laughs> thank you. So, a, so you were on the, that was a living person who you don't know. Mm-hmm. So you're left with a living person who you do not know. So you do know. You're a living know. person who you know mm-hmm. who you're going to have lunch or dinner with. Let us know. Get a, Give us insight into the peace of the soul. Of Father Peter Teresa. Yeah, you guys certainly chose people that would have been high up on my list as well with Bishop Olmsted and and uh, and Sister Martha. I almost called her Bishop Martha. That would have been <laughs> she kind of is. She kind of is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and my I was sister. I was thinking about this and and I'm going to say uh, I have nine nieces and nephews, but only one godchild, uh, and she lives in Pennsylvania. I don't get to see her very often, and even when I do go home, the, the time that I have is 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 very short, very often. And so, you know, I'm not I'm not there for holidays and birthdays and things like that. And so, I think just having an opportunity just to have time with my goddaughter would be uh, is what I, is what I would choose. I I, I I I can hear the tissues that are being pulled out of the Kleenex boxes <laughs> right now as people wipe wipe their eyes. That's very touching. Uh, well, I'm touched. Know, very I'm, touching. I'm feeling emotional right now. Uh, well, I have I have emotions <laughs> as much as I might try <laughs> to hide really, them from you all really in the beautiful. world. Beautiful. Yes. Um. So I, I shout out to your goddaughter. Amen. Um. What's her name? Lila. Lila mm-hmm. McConnell. That's right. So many blessings in my heart today. Amen. I know how much your uncle and godfather loves you. That's right. And let us all feel that same love and care and compassion this day um, as we are, our Christmas is around the corner. We are, as of today, less than two weeks away as you listen to this. So yes. um, know that we are Coming praying fast. for you. Please pray for us as well in this beautiful Advent season. And we pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, send forth your spirit to be upon us and to be with us. Lord, let our hearts be touched with peace in the midst of the conflict and distress in our lives. We might not give in to sin, not give in to all the things that seek to take away peace, but we might truly have the peace that only you can give, um, that you have declared that you come to give peace, that you are the Prince of Peace, and that only we can only have peace in you. And may Mary, you come and wrap us in your mantle of love to protect us, to be with us, and to show us the peace of your Son. May the blessing of Almighty God come down upon you as I bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks. Thanks to God. God. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. 
The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith slash give. That's becomefire.faith slash give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.